Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. Chris shares don't sweat wisdom to help you achieve greater mental health, self-compassion, and better communication with family, friends, and coworkers. Listen in and learn simple ways to live your most vibrant life of joy. Hi, and welcome back to Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Before we begin with our wonderful interview today, let's go ahead and take our golden pause. So wherever you are, sit comfortably. If you're seated in a chair, please uncross your legs. If you're seated Indian style, just lean back comfortably and place your palms open on your lap. And if you're doing an activity, just simply use this as a way to get grounded and really present in the activity that you're doing, really present in your breath and in your body. So let's begin. Let's go ahead and close our eyes and breathe together, breathing in through your nose, allowing your chest and your belly to fully expand, taking in the fullness of your breath. And on the exhale, just release and let go of any tension you feel coming into your breath, into your body. Taking a deep breath in, filling your belly, filling your lungs, filling your entire being with golden light. On the exhale, just let go of what doesn't serve you well. And breathing in pure golden sunlight to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. Just continue to exhale, release, and let go. Breathing in pure golden sunlight through your core, through your heart, through your mind on the exhale. Just let go of all things that create tension. Bringing in beautiful golden sunlight to every cell of your being. Place your hand on your heart, activating your heart, opening your heart. And spend a moment thinking of one thing you feel grateful for. And as you breathe in that pure golden gratitude to every cell of your being, just exhale, release, relax. Breathing in pure golden gratitude to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. Just exhale, release and let go some more. Breathing in pure golden gratitude to every cell of your being. On the exhale, allow that gratitude to wash over you like a cascading waterfall of pure joy. Breathing in pure golden gratitude again to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. On the exhale, allow it to wash over you again like a cascading waterfall of pure joy. And taking one last deep breath in, Filling your entire being, every cell of your being with golden gratitude. On the exhale, go ahead and open your eyes. Ah, well, isn't that a, <laughs> isn't that a great way to start our Live in Peace episode today? I've got a very special guest with me today that I'm so excited to introduce you to. Um, her name is Leslie Cooster. She is the Money and Freedom Guide for Women Over 50 who also want to fall in love with life again. 
yes, please. I want some. <laughs> Leslie's message is that it's never too late to create success, financial wealth, and a life of freedom. She is the best-selling author of Seven Keys to Seven Figures, The Women Entrepreneur's Guide to Money and Freedom, just out. So excited to be talking with her about that book toward the end of our conversation. And this book provides women entrepreneurs seven master keys to unlock a successful money-making business. With over 30 years of experience as an entrepreneur, Leslie's passion inspires women to pursue entrepreneurship in order for them to step into their independence, know their value, develop their feminine power, and earn the kind of money that creates freedom. And let's face it, freedom also creates peace. So welcome, Leslie. Thank you, Chris. So happy to be with you. Oh my gosh. I'm so, so, so excited for this book. And I have to say, I had the pleasure of writing the forward for this book. So yeah, you certainly did. And more than that, too, you are very responsible that this book even exists. Well, we can thank Deborah Evans, my business partner with bookdoulas.com um, with that. She really, really um, was so instrumental in, in um, helping you develop this book. But boy, Leslie, you have got quite a story. And I just want to dive right in to your personal story about how you started your business, what was your business that led to this success and this book. And yeah, let's begin there. Like your, your personal story is just is so motivating and captivating. My story is that I did not want to get a job when I was in my early 30s. I had already been working in New York City, you know, getting on the subway, getting on the buses, going to jobs, going into elevators. And I just had made a decision, you know what, I'm going to go traveling and just stop this madness. And I went traveling to Indonesia, which is a country I was just really attracted to it on the map. I don't know why. Java and Bali sounded like great places to go. And I went traveling and I went for about seven months. And that's a whole other story, what happened there exactly. But at some point, I had to come back and kind of, quote, face my life. And I came back to New York. I was like, okay, got to get a job. And I opened up the New York Times, which is how you looked for jobs back then. This is going back, by the way, like 30 years. And there was just not one job I wanted to get. Um, I still had that feeling. I just didn't want to do it again. And I had a light bulb moment and it just went like, hmm, I remember these beautiful clothing that I saw in Bali when I was there. And I just wonder, hmm, if I go back, if I bring a duffel bag, if I stuff it full of clothing, if I bring it back to New York City, and if I do street fairs or Christmas fairs, I wonder if it will sell. And that's what I did. And that is how I launched my business back from Bali. It's been a very long road from 30 years ago where I did street fairs, I did wholesaling, don't recommend wholesaling, anybody out there listening. And then of course the, inter the internet happened in the early 90s and the late 90s and I was fortunate to get on Amazon. Uh, quite early on and the business has grown and grown and grown 
And my story is uh, simply that I had a business for a very long time, um, talking about 20 years, where I did these fairs, did these wholesaling, did even some internet, but I wasn't really successful in the, the definition that I wanted to be successful. I had a lot of freedom, which is success, but I did not have the, the wealth or the money or the financial independence that I really wanted to have. And so after 20 years of kind of running a quote, mediocre business, I felt really disappointed in myself and where I was at in my life. I knew I was smart. I knew I had much more in me. And I made a very conscious decision that enough is enough and I'm going to be successful and I'm going to do it. But before I got to that decision, I had to become honest with myself that this is really what I wanted. Because up until that point, I had a lot of mindset issues that kept basically slowing me down, such as, you know, if I'm too successful, I won't have any time anymore, or I'm a spiritual person and money's not that important. So I made that decision. I really wanted to go for it. And it was in my middle 50s, after 20 years in business, that I was able to really ricochet this business from five figures a year in revenue to multiple seven, which is where it is now. Wow, that's amazing. And I, I know your book pretty well. So I think one of my favorite chapters that I got a lot out of was the chapter about learning to admit that you love money. Can you talk about that? That was where I was at because, you know, all those 20 years, I kept saying, um, yeah, it's nice to make some money, but I don't want to be that successful because, you know, money is not really that important to me. I want to be able to have more freedom and do what I want. And money is going to stop me from doing that. And hell, it's not my job to make the money. It's my husband's job to make the money. It was my father's job to give me money. Like, well, I have to make the money. This is how I was, this is how I grew up. You know, I grew up in a family where the value of men, like my brothers, was to make money. And the value of the, the girl, me, was to find a man who made money. And that was going to be the value. So those were really, even though, it, you know, when you think about it, it didn't really make that much sense. But that is what I felt and that's what I believed. And I realized that if I wanted to change this, um, if I wanted more money, if I wanted more independence, if I wanted to be able to buy a $600 pair of shoes if I wanted to, or donate to you know a charity or buy a beautiful apartment, that it was time to stop relying on somebody else to give me those things. And that was a huge mental shift. And the shift then said, well, in that case, you need to really want and to create money. And there was one moment, I actually, once I made the decision, I want to be successful, I started to like inundate myself with podcasts and listening to people. And I was listening to this money mastery person, um, you know, recording that I had and I put the headphones on I started walking down the street I was in New York City at the time it was Thanksgiving and he said something that just stopped me in my tracks he said 
if you want to have money, you have to want money. And even though that sounds so simple, I realized that that was a secret. You have to be honest enough to say that's what you want. And the place I was at previously to that, I would never say that I really, really wanted money. I would say, yeah, it would be nice to buy an apartment. Yeah, it would be nice to do this. It would be nice to do that. But I didn't actually say, I actually want money. In fact, I love money. I love money so much I can like kiss it all over. <laughs> and I know that that's like not politically correct to say that, or it's not very feminine to say those things. But this is what I think needs to change for women. I think we need to love money because when we love money, it will we will attract money. We will know that that's what we want to be having in our lives so that we can be independent and make beautiful choices in our lives. And have freedom. I mean, that's the thing, you know, it, it really like it, it's not it's money creates the financial freedom that gives us that independence you're speaking so, you know, so wonderfully about. And, you know, I, I know that in my own world, there was a time where I, I always used to say, well, I don't really need more money. And then guess what happened? I had all these money leaks in my world and money started leaking out in just very strange ways. And even I would attract people who wanted my money and and I wasn't able to see that while I was um, buying into their dream or, you know, or, you know, becoming like almost like, I don't know, I just I just didn't realize that I was letting money leak because I was saying, oh, I don't I have enough money. And it wasn't until I realized that I was saying that that I had to stop and say, well, it's wonderful that I, you know, have my needs taken care of, but is that all I really want? And it's not because I want to have the freedom to do philanthropy. I want to have the freedom to help my kids when they need help. You know, I want to have the freedom to go on the kind of vacations and do the kinds of things that I know I love to do. And I want to have the freedom to have the peace that comes with, you know, having a bit of affluence, you know, and just knowing that you're not in survival mode, you know, knowing that your needs are met and that you're living um, a life that's comfortable for you. You know, these are, these are just functions of creating more peace. So I absolutely love what you're saying. And that what you're speaking to is that when we see money as an energy, which is what it is, um, and we let go of all the stigmas attached to what it means to be a wealthy person, or what it means to make money, then, you know, we can um, attract and be comfortable uh, owning our right to be successful, owning our right to create wealth in our, in our lives, you know, and one time I, I was leading this retreat and this woman said to me and a couple of women at the retreat, you know, well, you're, you're doing this, you know, you're like our best friend at this retreat. You're doing this retreat for money. 
And then after the retreat, you know, we probably won't really hear from you anymore, you know, because this is, this makes you money. And I said, well, I go, when I'm here, you know, and I'm, I'm doing this offering for you, I'm giving you a hundred percent of who I am, which is what I've agreed to do. And yes, you know, it costs me money to run these retreats and, and I do need to make a profit on them. But, um, but it's not about, it isn't about the money, but of course I, I need you to make a, a fair exchange. You know, it's gotta be a fair exchange, you know, and I don't gouge people at all when I run my retreats. They're very, very reasonably priced for what people receive. She's the only person that's ever said that to me though, but it brought up a really interesting point for me. And I was very unabashedly um, transparent with her. I said, you know, I, I pro you probably will hear from me in emails, but I probably won't you know, be on a one-on-one -on -one basis with you after this, you know, this is my time with you. And, and, you know, and I, and I didn't feel bad about it. I was like, you know, that was her issue, not mine. You know, that was, that was her issue. And everyone has the right, no matter what it is, um, to exchange a fair value for their time, you know? Yeah, no, that's a great example. You know, there because this and, and a man would never say anything like that, you know, ever. But women, we we're we're kind of like you're not allowed to charge or you're not allowed to talk about money. You're not allowed to want it because it, if you do, then you're you're not doing something from your heart any longer. And I think this is also why women don't have money. I mean, I just have to share a statistic because I think this sums it up, which is that. And we're talking in revenue that that less than 10% of all women do over 100,000 a year in their business in revenue. That's like nothing. And only 3% do over seven figures. So I think these these thoughts that women have, like, you know, you, you, you know, you shouldn't talk about money, you shouldn't really make money, you shouldn't really charge money. It, 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 all those things are keeping us really, really small. Um, and I think it's really time for us to just like step into this, into our power. It's about empowerment, really. And, and, and it's, it's not about the money, but it is about the money. Okay. Because it's not really just about the money. It's what's behind it. It's, be, it's what's behind how it feels when, when you're an independent woman, when you don't have to ask somebody's permission to buy this or do this, um, when you can leave a bad relationship because you're not dependent only on the money from whoever's given, who that person's giving it to you. You know, women, like, this is our time to really step up and elevate ourselves, and we can't do it without financial independence. That's so true. I, I was, um, I'm thinking about this um, trainer that I work with and she's wonderful and she has her own pop-up gym and, and she, you know, has been doing this for a long, quite a while now, I think probably about maybe 10 years. And I remember I asked her, cause it's pretty expensive to hire a personal trainer. And I asked her, I said, look, if I pay for 10 um, sessions up front, will you give me a greater discount, you know, on the price? Cause it's pretty spendy, you know? And, and I just love this so much. And I told her this later. I love that her response was, you know, I've, I've already given you, I'm giving you the discounted price for four sessions. I, I can't, I really, that's my lowest price. So this is my gym. This is my business. And I, I won't do my sessions for lower than that price. 
And I just loved it so much that she took that stand, you know, that she held her value and said, no, I won't do that, you know? And, and I, I, it's like, I, I was so proud of her. I was so proud of her as a representative of, of women, you know, that it's okay for you to ask, but it's also really okay for you to say no. And, um, no. and I told her that I said, well, I really respect that. And thank you, you know, and I think like also there's this exchange of value that when you go and you're paying for something and it's, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you're putting it out there. You're like, wow, this is a lot. You need to go work harder. You know, like you're going to go make more of, of that opportunity. And, and I think the same thing is true in, you know, courses and things and masterminds and just different things that you can put money into, you know, if it was free, would you really work as hard? Um, you know, if it was free, would the person who's serving you really, you know, give you what you came to receive for your time, you know? And, and I think we have to think that way as women entrepreneurs. And, you know, we have to think about the exchange of being, you know, value, high value. And, and we have to value other people's time as much as we value our own. We can't, you know, we can't put the, I, I, I really love the people that put the squeeze on people that actually charge the highest amount for their services. <laughs> like I, that, that to me is not in, it's not an integrity. You know, I think it's okay to ask for what you want, but also be really okay with hearing no or not pursuing, not pushing, you know, really hard on somebody, you know, um, yeah. And an, another situation I was in recently was I, I hired a, a really wonderful woman to cook at my retreat and, you know, and I, I had a budget now. I mean, I kind of figured it out, like what would be good for her, which would be good for me. And, and, you know, and I know this woman's really good at holding her value and being a cook it was just one of her offerings. She's also a tarot reader and she does other things. And, so I said to her, you know, I, I said, this is what my budget is. And, and it's okay if you say no, I'll go find something else. I'd love for you to be there because I like to have the right people holding space at my retreats. And so I'd love for you to be there, but this is what I can afford on this retreat. And, um, and, and she said, she said, well, that's quite a bit lower than, you know, how I value my time. But maybe we could, I could do some tarot readings at your retreat too. And that way, you know, we could round it out to a higher number and, and you'd get both. And I said, great, that's a great exchange, you know. And, and she had to make the decision, you know, could she do this? Did, would it be enough for her? I had to decide, could it come up? And it worked out great, you know. And, and I think this is what I love about women in business too is, when you come at it from that angle, you know, um, very upfront, very much, you know, very transparent with your motives, very transparent with where you are in your budget. Um, women tend to be able to meet women, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a great example of it and, you know, collaboration. Uh, and yes, you know, w w the life is really different at the moment for women this we've never been in this position before where we have this much opportunity and the things that are stopping us is really our mindset and our attitudes towards money whether we should have it or shouldn't have it in our relationship with it and i just encourage all women to really 
think about their money story, like how they grew up, what they believe, if it's good or bad, or rich people are good or bad, all of those things like are affecting you. They were affecting me about whether I was able to step into my power and really elevate myself and my life. And I think it's really important that when we do see women who are charging a lot of money that we don't step into, oh, she charges so much. We Because we want to we want to encourage so many women to start charging much more for what their value are, because that's how we will all elevate each other together and raise each other up. And that's what we want to do now. We want to watch women rise and they rise when they can step more and more into financial independence. I love that. So Leslie, let's just switch gears a little bit and talk about how important is it at this stage of the game? Well, first of all, let me let me let me back up because I want to talk about your own reinvention that you've been through, you know, because here you are, you're the successful entrepreneur and now you're a writer and you've got your first book coming out and you've done speaking, coaching, you're on podcasts. Um, tell me about that. Like what what was it that turned you you know, said to you, I, you know, I want to do this new thing. And at what stage of your life were you at when you said that? Yeah, that's the thing we all have to look out for. What is that one thing, you know, that we're feeling frustrated with or wondering about? I love the word wonder. Like when you start going, I wonder if, and so, you know, a few years back, about three years back or so, I was feeling like, it was kind of a miracle to me that I was able to do this in my business. You know, I, I, yeah, I have no business background. I sell women's clothing. It's called Back from Bali, women's bohemian clothing that I um, manufacture in Bali. I have no sewing experience, pattern experience. How in the world did I do this? And I started to realize there were, there were a bunch of things I did, attitudes, behaviors, and actions that I took. And I've always had a strong background. Um, I mean, spirituality, psychology, self-development. This is really who I am, you know, and what I'm about. And I really think entrepreneurship is actually a PhD in self, you know, development. So I started to think, boy, I would love to share this with other women entrepreneurs. And I always wanted to write a book. I, I I'm a ferocious reader. I love reading, always read a lot, still do. And um, yeah, like <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I heard about, you know, your course, the book doulas. And one thing led to the other and I took your course. And before I knew it, I was really on my way to writing a book. And but the reason why I did is because I wanted to share with other women entrepreneurs what is possible. And and the change for me really happened in my mid 50s, which is when a lot of women think they should be slowing down or, you know, that give up on their dreams or they're too old or why bother at this point? You know, these are kind of the thoughts. And that is when I took off, you know, so my message so much to other women is like, it's really never too late. Like your fifties is nothing, you know, really nothing. Yeah. Um, you have your health, you know, I mean, when, yeah. you, when you got our health, I mean, I think the fifties are like, I loved once I went through menopause and like the weight gain, but I love the part about, wow, you know, I'm, I'm so much more even tempered. I have so much wisdom. 
I, you know, I don't, my kids are grown. They don't need me in the same way. You know, I'm like, my whole world was open to me in my fifties. I mean, my forties were pretty great, except that my husband died. That sucked really bad. <laughs> they would have been, they were, they started out amazing on my 40th birthday, but I met George Clooney on my 40th birthday. That was amazing. It was a great <laughs> way to start out. <laughs> Three years later, Richard passed away, which was horrible. But right. that whole trajectory took me on a whole new journey within myself. And then, of course, in my 50s, I was so much more recovered. You know, I, I had all this energy and and I felt like this is my time. Like, honestly, this is my time to create, to, um, you know, to do whatever it is that brings me joy. And going, coming back to our Live in Peace, Peace series, you know, I think that this whole piece about honoring your life's purpose and asking yourself, what what is missing and what brings you joy? Well, I don't know about you, Leslie, and I'm suspecting it's true, but work really can be bring me the greatest joy. I, I love building things. I love seeing them grow. Um, you know, I'm like anybody. I don't like the problems that are associated sometimes with it, but those are also obstacles that help me create differently, learn, grow. Um, you know, I, I just really prescribe to this idea that everything happens for us. And, you know, sometimes if you're hitting blocks, you know, and it's hard, it just means, wow, just shift a little bit to the right or a little bit to the left and move in a slightly different direction. Do you want to speak on that, like how that is for you and how you make those choices for yourself? Yeah, I have to follow my my dissatisfaction. And that's really, I think that's in my whole life, that has always been the thing. Like I get really dissatisfied, like, you know, back in my 50s. And that's what pushed me into my success in my business. Then I got dissatisfied again in my business. I was like, you know, every day I'm just sitting here behind my computer. And I have, I felt like I have all this wisdom, you know, that I wanted to share with others. I felt like hidden, invisible. Um, and it felt uncomfortable. And so that's how the book happened. And I started writing, which was pure joy to me. I loved writing and the experience of going like deep inside and really figuring out what you think about and what you know about. And so I started to start to think, okay, I'm going to change directions. I'm going to sell my business. I'm going to just start consulting. I'm going to create a course, which I did. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to publish the book. And this is going to be my new direction. And that was the direction that I had been going to until I realized that uh, I was kind of running two businesses at the same time, which is then my business, my back from Bali business and my, let's call it consulting business, which is part of the book business. Um, and I felt like I was taking on, I kind of took on too much. Um, that's how it felt. And even though I had wanted two or three years back to like build a big consulting business, coaching business, I started to um, feel burnt out because I was actually doing exactly what I advise people not to do in my book, which is key number two in my book. My book is called Seven Keys to Seven Figures. And key number two is focus. And when you aren't focused, then you either get too burnt out or exhausted or one of your businesses is not succeeding. So this was, again, another 
like another wake up call to me. It was another nudge that maybe running two things at the same time is not a great idea. And this is kind of where I'm at at the moment here. Um, and part I know we've talked about maybe talking about health as well. Um, and, and wake up calls because a few months back I had a real health thing. I was in Bali for my business and I ended up getting dengue fever. Um, and, I heard and that's it, horrible. I've heard it's just horrible. You're very sick. It's a viral infection and you're very sick. And I was in the hospital for eight days and I feel that that was a wake up call. And to me, that wake up call was maybe you've taken on a little bit too much. And what what, Leslie, what do I really want to do with my life? Like what, because like you, Chris, I've, I've also had a lot of deaths in my life. I've lost a lot of people, death, loss, uh, miscarriages has been something very present in my life. And they've been gifts. Um, they've been gifts because it makes you always wonder and think about death and that this might be it. So like you, I've also had my life very aware of death all the time. And when you're in the hospital and all of this, even though it was a mosquito that bit me, I look at things in a bigger picture as to why am I sitting in this hospital completely shut down from working because you can't work when you're that sick. So I feel that was a wake up call for me. So all of these wake up calls, dissatisfactions, all of those things, are the, the that's what gets us to the next level and or the next something in our lives to the next truth to the next peace and this is what we have to be paying attention to is what those things are um, and in my case it came in illness and that has now made me more clear about what it is that i want right now in my life yeah, I love that. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, you know, like I just went through my 60th birthday, which everyone knows about because I've been talking about it for the anticipation for a while. But I think for me too, the, I didn't get sick, but I, I just it made me think about how I, I'm not 40 anymore. I'm not 50. I'm 60. Mm -hmm. And it's not that 60 is old at all. I feel really young and I'm so blessed with great strength, great endurance, great health. But I, I, I know that life changes very quickly um, every 10 years and in 10 and 20 and 25 years, 30 years, it's not very much time when you think about it, how fast the last 10 years went by. And so I, like you, I'm going through some reevaluation. You know, I'm asking myself, what is it that I really want to accomplish in the next 10 years? Because I don't want to work as hard as I work forever. I want to be able to pick and choose the things that I really love to do. Maybe just, just really travel and write, you know, like that's kind of my goal is to get to a place of just traveling and writing books that I love to write, you know, because right now I'm doing so many things you know, I don't really have time to write my own books. Like that's not on my, it's not on my radar right now, even though I love to write, it's just not on my radar. It's like, I'm also deeply an artist. I love to paint, but I don't paint <laughs> because I don't, you know, I don't take the time to paint, you know? And so these are the kinds of questions I'm asking myself, like, what is it that brings me the most joy? And and also for me, it's, it's so much of my world and my life has been built on having an impact. And what brings me peace is to know that I'm honoring 
my life's path to know that I'm honoring my time on the earth, that I'm not just taking up space, I'm really giving back. And so I'm asking, you know, how is it that I can give back the most at this age? And, and like you, you know, still be like, you're now you're so vibrant, and you're just so beautiful, and you have so much to offer. And, you know, I think about, you know, age is, it is an, a number, but it, it's also an energy that we feel inside of us, you know, and I think the more that we tap into that place of what really lights me up in a true way of what, what lights up my whole being to do, then that's where we're going to um, find that inner sense of peace that we're pursuing actually what is really truly our life's purpose and life's plan. And I think that's what brings me peace the most. What brings you most peace? These days, it's pickleball. <laughs> I'm going to learn pickleball, I swear. Pickleball. I mean, my husband and I, Heinz, we started less than a year ago. We moved to Florida, which is like kind of one of the pickleball capitals of the United States, I think. Just become, it's so much fun. It's like you're a child going to a playground and you meet other people adults children and you're like you want to play with me and it's always open game meaning you don't go with other people to just play with those those people like you do maybe in tennis so you're constantly meeting new people and playing together and laughing this has been a huge joy for me um this has been a big something new i i never played racket sports before and never knew how competitive i was either so this is bringing me a lot of joy Time gives me joy, just having time, you know, like making time to go to a great coffee shop, you know, to walk to the beach, which luckily we live a block from now. And also music, I've gotten back into music, piano. These are the things that are bringing me joy. I will have tremendous joy in releasing this book because the goal of the book is to help as many women entrepreneurs as I can. And I'm really looking forward to, to, to that joy as well. So those are the things that bring me joy these days. Oh, I love that. Seven Keys to Seven Figures. That's such a great um, book title and such a beautiful cover that you have. Um, I, you know, what is, what, what would you like to leave our listeners with? And first of all, your book is out September 26th. So please go to the links in the, um, show notes to find Leslie's book and, you know, buy one for yourself and buy one for somebody else. You know, this is a great gift book. Um, you know, it's going to have so much richness in it. If you're a woman who is wanting to reinvent, wanting to rediscover, um, something about yourself where you can actually earn income, this is going to be a great book for you. And um, I just, oh, Leslie, I'm just so excited for you. And I love the book so much. It's already an Amazon um, bestseller. It's number one on Amazon right now, which is incredible. It hasn't even been released yet. We're re pre-recording this. So, um, but please do pick up Leslie's book. And Leslie, what's your parting wisdom that you'd love to share? I know you just gave a great parting wisdom, but what's one other message that you'd you love know, to share with our listeners today? I would say really notice those nudges, you know, those nudges of like, I'm not happy about this. I'm not happy with where I'm at. I'm not happy where I live. I'm not happy with this person. I'm not, you know, really notice those nudges 
this is life is such a gift and such a present that it can end at any time and pay attention to those nudges the dissatisfaction nudges and also the nudges that ask yourself i wonder like i wonder if i started that business i wonder if i stopped doing this and started to do that and really kind of listen to those wonders and those nudges because what I what I heard and which really resonated with me is not everybody has the same nudges and not everybody has the same I wonders because often we think oh someone else is already doing that they're actually not they're actually not doing it not the way you will do it or wanted to do it so pay attention to those nudges and to the the nudges that even go I wonder if I did something with that work because that's that's your higher self speaking to you that's your spirit speaking to you and you know we we could build businesses following our feminine power which is uh the way i like to suggest that we build our businesses and what that means is it basically means to listen and be in alignment to to the to her to the spirit to our higher self who is not just the one looking at her to-do list all the time and when you align yourself with her and with your higher self and you follow those nudges those questions then you live an authentic life and you also create an authentic business that serves you instead of you serving the business oh very wise very wise um leslie what is your website where can people find you online yes so right now you can go to seven keys to seven figures book.com and for a limited time you're going to be getting all kinds of bonuses from me for that a free um, course an opportunity to win a, a, a session with me and also i have a manifestation video too but if you just want to learn about me in general just go to my website which is LeslieCooster.com. And that's K-U-S-T-E-R. Leslie, K-U-S-T-E-R.com. Leslie, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Oh, Chris, thank you for everything. You have been one of the most important people in my lives. And oh. you really, truly, thank you so much. Well, it's been an honor and a pleasure to see you rise, Leslie, and being as high as you were when you started. <laughs> I can only imagine where you're going. So <laughs> thank you so much. Um, everyone come back and listen again. This is Christine Carlson. Don't sweat the small stuff. We are living the big stuff. Come back again. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. You're invited to join Christine at one of her upcoming retreats in California, including her popular What Now Women's Retreat at Sea Ranch and her new Revive and Thrive Mental Health and Wellness Retreat at Mount Shasta. Get all of the retreat details today at christinecarlson.com.